Hello, my name is Felicia Davis, and I'm here with my husband, Robert Davis. And we are having a discussion on how to be successful in America as an African-American person, as well as an parent, and how we should parent our kids. And my husband believed, because if we have the the opportunity or the finances or whatever, we should give our kids whatever we have because the Caucasian has been doing it all this long. And my opinion is that we should give them goals and we should give them things to achieve. And if they don't achieve them, then why should we continually to feed into something that's not going to be successful? I believe in giving our kids a heads up and maybe doing things that probably you don't have to, but we we still should have a guidelines on how to be a parent and not give our kids everything. They should be able to do to be able to achieve their goals. If they don't achieve their goals, they don't do what they need to do. Then I don't think that they should get anything. It should be cut off. Well, uh, my wife and I totally disagree. Uh, we disagree on the merit of we teach our kids morals, values, and standards. But we have dealt with 400 years of oppression that uh, we deal with each and every day. We are on an un- Uh, forgiving playing field, which means that the Caucasians have a uh, playing field that is uneven for the African Americans. I am not saying that we don't teach our kids moral standards and values, but what I am saying is that if we have the wherewithal, the education, that we should give our kids every advantage that the Caucasian has had for many, many years. We will not have an even playing field, even today, in 2020. We will not. So what I am simply saying is that if we can afford them the opportunity, educationally, financially, or otherwise, we should do it. And if we are allowed to get through the politics and the bureaucratic processes that happen that still suppress us today, we might be able to move the needle forward. But let's make no mistake, the struggle continues. The Caucasian persuasions kids will be more educated, than us, and everything else. If we have an opportunity where we can even the playing field, we should do just that. But see, this is the problem that we face in America. And that's what happened when Donald Trump was elected president. There were so many people that came out of Woodworths because they felt that they're different than we are. And they felt because they didn't see 
um, a person as blood, they seen the color. And they didn't realize that we are all in the same boat together. And some white Caucasian persuasion are not as privileged. And, and, and there are some white people that have been built on the backs of our slavery. And I do see that. But as you will see, all the uh, opiate epidemic and all of the drugs is happening all over. It does not have a color attached to it. And that comes from, in my opinion, of us, all parents, black, white, Latino, or whatever, trying to make our children be another better than we were, giving them more than we had, but not realizing it may be a crutch because I believe that I, this is just me. I just believe that if you work hard and you have to work hard for things, you really appreciate it. It is so beautiful and I have a hard time myself with my children that I do give. But if they do not work hard for something, and that's just my opinion, they will never appreciate it. It will never be appreciated. If you're constantly giving your children, you're constantly giving and not asking anything for them, from them, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hindrance. I just think that they need to have responsibility, be accountable, and work hard, and be persistent, and be accountable. And if you don't have that, it's just not gonna. It's just you're not gonna have a successful child. And that's my opinion. Go ahead, babe. Say something. I'm trying to. Okay, it's still live. Okay, you've heard my wife. You've heard um, her antics about what we can give our children and what we shouldn't give our children as it relates to morals, values, and standards. Um, our, our kids have always been held to a higher standard. Uh, it is our job to make sure that they understand hard work and perseverance, and we've been dealing with that all of our lives. So therefore, it is incumbent upon us as parents to teach them good morals, values, and standards and hard work. There is comes to a point in time where good morals, values, and standards does not meet the criteria of being successful when you talk about the Caucasian persuasion. They've been given a hand that are much better than ours. That's why you heard Martin Luther King talk about uh, our reaching the promised land where we can come together as one and understand that what this means 
uh, as a people and teach nonviolence as well. Uh, I am 100% behind um, teaching our kids morals, values, and standards and accountability. However, we don't live in a world that is uh, fair. And because we don't live in that world that is fair, we must give our kids every advantage that they can possibly have. Because let's be clear that uh, we built this country on our back uh, 400 years. I believe that we're owed 40 acres, 40 moves, free housing, and also free education because we have been um, discriminated against for so long that there is no even playing field. The even playing field that we have is one that may have been built by a parent to get our child to understand hard work and dedication. However, we must give our kids the same opportunity, if not better, when it comes to our demographics, the racism that we've dealt with for many, many years, and to try to get our kids and our grandkids to be on an even playing field. And that may take many, many years. So with that being said, I'm going to give this back to my wife because her and I disagree. But we can disagree without being disagreeable. Well, husband, Robert, I do hear your point of view. But don't you believe that that may come from education and understanding where we came from as an African-American black person, Negro in the beginning, and of course what they have called us, nigga. Um, I think that it's so important for our young youth, our kids to understand where we came from and what it was to not be able to vote and what it was not able to be able to read and what it was like not being able to uh, go to the same school. I just believe that it takes education and understanding us as where we came from. Because if we don't know what we had to go through, there are still certain people today that don't vote. They don't understand what African-American people had went through to even be able to vote. And I, you can correct me as you listeners listen. I'm thinking it was like 1965. And it's still in Congress of where they're starting trying to take away that that legislation where it allow us as African-American to even vote. I mean, also to be able to read. Do you know 
that we were not able to read that we would be killed. So when we talk about elevating our young youth, our children, our own children, they need to understand as an African-American person what we had to go through, what it is to be African-American. And as you see how wonderful it is and how smart we are, as African-American people being able to be silenced, to be killed, to have to flee from the north to, from the south to the north, to have to even, to try to find some type of freedom. And we still fighting it. And so therefore, I just believe that it is so important for us to educate our children to understand what it is to be African-American in America today all over the country because we're still striving. And I believe that because we were able to, we finally was able to vote. We found a house. We didn't, we able to live in a house. Okay, they give us a job. Okay, all right, we made it. No, we have not. And we cannot treat our children as if they did. We need to let them know that we have not made it. And we need to be the judge. We need to be the be the doctor. We need to be the engineer. We need to be all those things that our people were in the 1800s that have not been acknowledged for founding a lot of these things. So as my husband and I to bring these issues to you, please leave your comments and we would love to open up and talk about other dialogues because we need to educate our young kids. We need to make sure that it's in the schools to, for the, our children to understand where we came from, how we got here, what we went through, and all of those things. And my husband's over here because he can't stop. He got to bring in, he got to talk about something. With all that being said, uh, um, I agree with some of the things that she sure said. But let's, let's be clear. Um, this is really about our educational institutions that bring forth the history in our schools. And in our schools educates our students. And it's bigger than just our kids themselves. But what it's about is what's being taught in our educational institutions as it relates to our history and our black history to be more important. Um, I think it's important to understand that um, we had 400 years of slavery. We have a uh, situation where our ancestors fought and died for the right for us to have certain uh, educational rights, voting, and otherwise. The Emancipation Proclamation, freeing slaves, as well as uh, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education to give us the right to vote. So there is a lot of things that is going on uh, here that we need to make sure that our kids understand the history. Because if you don't know where you come from, it's kind of difficult to know where you're going. 
But the advantages that have been given to the Caucasian persuasion doesn't change. And I am simply saying that if we have an opportunity to educate ours, to uh, educate uh, our children and our grandchildren, uh, I think it is incumbent upon us to do that. Um, It is certainly one thing to talk about uh, our education, is one thing to talk about our history, and it's another thing to talk about the even playing field, and it is undeniably, undeniably, that we are secondary to the African-American and the Caucasian persuasion because of what they've been able to gain through constitution, segregation, and everything else that has been uh, for us. So we have an opportunity and an obligation to uh, have our African-American children understand where they come from, so we have to get them to understand the history. But at the same time, they have been given so much more advantages that we have that when we get to a point where we can do it, we must provide it, whether it's your children or other children uh, involved in this, that we must give them an opportunity for an even playing field. And that may take many, many years to come, but I think that we are headed in the right direction with the understanding that we've made so much progress in terms of our African-American heritage that we continue to move in that direction And I believe that at the end of the day, uh, like Martin Luther King said, we will reach the promised land. Well, Robert, honey, I agree with a lot of things that you have said, um, but I believe that we need to understand um, that after so many years of um, being on this earth, And as we see the population of all of our children not graduating from high school and all of our children being addicted to drugs, it just shows that there's no color boundary on that. And therefore, when you talk about giving advantage of a child, I do understand what you're saying. I mean, I'm not going to not allow my child's going to college. I'm not going to try to make sure they get in there and be able to to sit there in that classroom but they got to earn their way there it's just it's just not gonna work it's just you're just gonna keep going in a circle if your child doesn't want it and that comes from education i won't ever ever stop of educating the child of understanding the importance of education and wanting to do better and if they don't have it in it, you can give them all the money you want. 
it's going to just go down the damn drain because if they don't have it in it, it's not going to be, they're not going to get it. But anyway, leave your comments and we will come back and talk about this if you guys are interested in even going further in this conversation. Hello, my name's Felicia Davis. This is the Felicia Davis Show. Uncovering the truth and real truth, real topics. Um, first of all, I like to introduce myself. I am born and raised in Warren, Ohio. I have a uh, daughter, two daughters, three grandchildren, and some bonus grandchildren. I'm married. My husband is Robert Davis. Um, just a little bit, I am uh, a broker. I specialize in Medicare Advantage plans, and I've been um, helping individuals in the senior market for over 20 years. I'm the founder and CEO for Dress for Success, Warren Youngstown, so I was an affiliate of the worldwide organization for almost 20 years, and I decided to um, branch off and just um, have my own organization in the Warren Youngstown area, helping women achieve financial independence and bringing um, career attire and also tools to be successful in the workforce. I am also an author. I published a book called Winning Strategies for Professional and Personal Development. And you could purchase that at Amazon.com. However, I'm in, in the middle of revising, so um, you may not be able to purchase it. But um, it is available on Amazon.com. I'm a veteran of the United States Navy. I was stationed out in San Diego, California. And so those of you who were in California, you hear this here podcast and you know me, please reach out and um, subscribe and also leave a email there or a comment. I was Felicia Pruitt Davis. Actually, I was Felicia Pruitt. I wasn't married at the time when I was in the military. And I'm going to age myself because that was back in 1982 to 1986. So um, I believe I have um, a lot of, of experience. I have my Bachelor's of Arts from Kent State University specializing in uh, rhetoric and communication. I have an MBA and uh, business administration focusing in on healthcare. So um, I, I definitely have um, a huge wide of um, experience, entrepreneurship, nonprofit organization, how to uh, get a 501c3. I did all that. I fundraised. I wrote grants. So I like to bring a lot of those topics to my podcast. Um, my husband, he is um, retired from the city of Warren. He worked under uh, probably about seven mayors in Warren. So he is, how they say, politics and personalities. He knows that very well. And at this time, he's working for uh, the mayor in Cleveland, Ohio, Frank Jackson. So he is the director of public utilities. So I hope to bring him on sometime to uh, help um, with the topic in the conversation. Um, also, I hope to bring uh, other guest speakers on. So please stay tuned. And if you like to be a guest speaker and you have a topic that you want to bring to the forefront or on the podcast on Felicia Davis uh, podcast, Uncovering the Truth, I would love to hear from you. And again, please subscribe and share this here podcast with your friends. I guess probably the number one topic today 
And I'd like to talk to, um, as far as the first topic, is the coronavirus. And it's probably the most scariest thing um, we have faced, I think, at least my lifetime. And I was born in 1960, so um, I will be 60 in June, June the 21st. So um, I don't recall anything but uh, HIV. I believe that was pretty uh, serious um, uh, disease that was happening in my lifetime. Um, I'm sure there's some others. And please, hey, list them there and tell me which one I'm missing because there were plenty of um diseases that um between uh, 1960 to now um so it is je- definitely crazy um you guys tell me what's up with the toilet paper um i'm understanding people saying maybe we may not be able to get it shipped in so people are um you know piling up on the toilet paper i think what's to me um is most important is food and and uh health care needs um any health supplies would be totally important and um i guess i just want to talk about um you know just staying safe um it's so important for us to stay safe i mean the schools are closed my granddaughter's school is closed, so they're doing some home study. Um, they're saying this here virus or just even containing it may last um, probably, oh God, they're saying July. I don't know. Um, they're closing the schools. They're closing the restaurants and the bars. I mean, you know something is when you close the NBA. I mean, when there's no basketball, no sports, this is serious. This is really, really serious. And I have a cousin that believes that they have a cure and they know what's going on. And um, this is all man-made and it's all about the money. Well, I don't I don't know for me. And I tell her, I said, well, I, I kind of agree with you on one end um, where I believe that possibly there was a virus, imp- you know, implemented into our system but far as having a cure i'm not sure i know the pharmaceuticals is all about the money i'm a pharmacist i'm not i used to be a pharmaceutical rep i used to work for glasgow smith klein however i know it's all about the money and i do believe that this is an opportunity for the pharmaceutical company to make some money to make some money on i'm um, coming up with a cure or a vaccine for this coronavirus I, I'm I'm not sure, but I watched the other night because I my husband and I we watched Contagious, and this seems to be very very similar to this movie that was made in 2010. Or at least it was out. It was put into the market 2010. I don't know how long it took them to make the movie, and it was Gwyneth Paltrow that was the lead actress in this movie, and also with Ryan. I believe that's his first name. Um, he's uh, Ben Affleck's buddy. But anyway, um, it was a virus. It started by a bat. And the bat, I believe, ate, uh, bit the pig. And the pig, this is in Japan. And this is how the movie started. And the pig um, was was a, a delicacy. And a, a cook was cooking the pig. In the back where Gwyneth Paltrow was there visiting, I guess, on business or whatever. 
and um, they wanted her to meet the cook and the cook came out. He didn't wash her hands. He didn't wash his hands and he shook her hand and that's when it ricocheted. And this is what's happening now um, all over the country where, um, you know, it, it's just it's, it's just expanding like a domino effect. I mean, it's so scary. I mean, I decided, okay, this is why I said this is a great opportunity for me to start my podcast because I'm really afraid to go out. I'm afraid to um, contract this here virus. I understand it is a very awful, very awful virus. Um, it's just awful. And I, I, I just, I'm just afraid to um, be even, even um, in the atmosphere of someone with that disease. I mean, you know, and, and people say, you know what? God is in the forefront of our life. Um, he is in control. You know, we pray to God and we just hope, I hope you guys believe in God. I hope I'm not talking to someone that, um, doesn't, but God is in control and, um, it's just, uh, no, and I always, I put this out this morning, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Psalms 91, 10 to 11 verse. I mean, it is just, you just got to put your faith in God, but also you got to practice, you know, uh, safe, you know, safe distancing, social distancing. And then, you know, it's also, I read, um, also, um, in the Bible was described in the scriptures where God told the Israelites through Moses to only gather enough for the day and not to save for the next day. They didn't listen and they gathered selfishly when they did that. Their food rotted. And this is what we're seeing right now in the stores where you go in a store and you see it's empty like that. I mean, I come on, you're being selfish. You're hovering. I know we need to be prepared. I do. I know we need to prepare. We always should have done that. We should always uh, have prepared um, for, um, you never know what's going to happen in this world today, but I know I was totally, totally outdone when I saw Idris Elba was tested positive for the coronavirus. That's when I'm like, oh my God, not, not Idris. That's my guy. Oh no. But you know, the updates in Italy has announced nearly 28,000 coronavirus cases. 2,158 deaths. Oh my God, this is absolutely crazy. This is crazy. Um, you know, it just says, you know, um, and people, you go to the store and you try to get uh, the hand sanitizer. I understand that um, soap and water will do the same. 20 seconds, washing your hands, soap and water will do it. I like to give you another Bible verse. God says, I will save those who love me and will protect those who acknowledge me as the Lord. When they call to me, I will answer them. When they are in trouble, I will be with them. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with long life. I will save them. So I do, I believe in God. And so I will throughout my podcast, absolutely talk about God. Um, I, I, I just, I just, I'm just, thinking this is a great opportunity for me to um, open up um, my podcast and and just uh, start because I guess we're going to be stuck in the house for a while um, and and 
and social distancing ourselves. Now, I live in Ohio, so I'm not sure if I have any listeners in Ohio. So today is March the 17th, and um, it's, it was confirmed 60, 26 confirmed cases, ages from 31 to 86, and seven hospitalizations. However, zero death. Thank God, zero death. However, um, the one, the first guy in my area, which is Trimble County, his name was Kevin Harrison. I do know Kevin. It's been a long time since I've seen Kevin. Kevin is a auto. Um, he works on cars. He's an auto repair or um, he repairs if you wreck your car. And um, he did uh, fix my car years ago. But when I, I, I didn't realize um, who he was until I saw his picture and people were saying, Oh no, that's fake news. Um, no, that's not fake news. That is for real. That's for real deal. Um, what um I just I just it's just for real. I mean, when you're having the schools closed, when you're closing the NBA where there's no baseball, basketball, no no sports, you know that's serious. Um, with the schools, I like to give you an internet number. They say um during the school shutdown, there's free internet. And the number is 1-844-488-8398. You can call Spectrum and you can get free internet. Again, that's 1-844-488-8398. So I like to give um, out good information um, to you during this time. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, we just got to hold on. We got to put our faith in God. They say, whenever I hold back the rain and send locusts to eat up the crocs or send an epidemic on my people, if they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in the heavens, forgive their sins, and make their land prosperous again. And that is Chronicles uh, 2, 7. So please, you know, um, let's just... Uh, Let's just be kind to one another. Um, let's just uh, be nice to one another. Um, let's not be crazy out there hovering the food. I mean, come on, people. Come on, people. Are you kidding me? Um, this is absolutely crazy. So anyway, that's just the introduction to my podcast. I just wanted to um, start it. Um, please subscribe. And um, let us be safe and let's pray and hopefully this here too shall pass real soon because um, I know I enjoy being out and and um, going to restaurants and eating and, and going to baseball games and football games and enjoying myself and not feeling fearful that I may contract an illness that is really going to make me really, really ill. So um, uh, one thing to know, they say it's not a death sentence. I know people thinking if they contract the um, the coronavirus, um, it's going to kill them. Um, no, you just need to be aware. Um, it is very, it could be detrimental to elderly and they say 60 plus. I am not 60 yet. I'll be 60 in June. But it say it is really detrimental, but not saying that um, a child can't get it. A baby, we found out a baby had it. Uh, first baby, I'm not sure if that was in Italy, but a baby has, has contracted coronavirus. Um, and there's more walking out there right now that 
do not know they have it. Please, I know they were limited on the testing, but please, if you feel you do, please get tested and please quarantine. Stay, you know, isolate yourself. You know, if you know that you're sick, if you're sick, don't go to work. Please don't go to work. Um, wash your hands. Um, if you got a cough or whatever, please don't cough on anybody. Um, just, you know, we just got to be safe and clean. And if we do all those practices, I think, I think we will be okay. We'll make it. We'll make it. So I just want to say thank you for tuning in. God bless you guys. And then there's more to come because I'm going to uncover the truth. I'm going to, we're going to have some real talk here on Felicia Davis broadcast. And I want you to um, even bring in and have suggestions on topics that we can talk about. But today, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. God bless and talk to you soon. Um, to um, advocate for people that work for him. 
as well as to keep everybody safe. So, Robert, honey, what would you like to uh, add to the conversation? Well, first and foremost, um, I want to say that this is a, uh, this COVID-19 pandemic is one that we have never seen before. Uh, we are going to continue uh, to fight this virus. I want to say that we will win this battle. Uh, we will win this fight. Uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but as the director uh, of public utilities, um, it is our duty to make sure that we continue to provide the valuable services uh, that we need, water, sewer, electricity, uh, which is something that is essential. Uh, so part of my job is to make sure that we continue to provide uh, that uh, service delivery and we're able to operate uh, the city. Um, even though we're going through this pandemic, uh, we look at essential and non-essential uh, personnel, per personnel because um, it is uh, important that we stop the spread of the virus and the only way to do that and, and adhere to social distancing and mass gathering is to kind of uh, have people work from home. So now uh, we're looking at both essential versus non-essential and uh, I have about 1,700 employees and 600 of them is working from home. Uh, so uh, that's how serious the situation is. Again, I think we'll, we'll get through it. Um, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Um, but I think if we uh, continue to stop the spread, stay home. If you're sick, stay home. Um, don't come out unless you absolutely have to. Now the governor has put a stay-at-home order in place, which means not just you're working from home, but now you're staying at home, right? And so with all that being said, uh, we still have to provide main essential services such as water, sewer, and electricity. So therefore, uh, we must have, continue to fight. We're gonna have um, Audrey add to the conversation on what she found out or what she's been handled. Information provided to Audrey. Hello. Um, I was just going to touch upon the plan or the order that was going to be signed in full effect. I guess it would have been written on the 25th of March, and it's the legislative uh, addressing education and what's going to happen from here on out. So on yesterday, which would have been March 27th, um, Governor DeWine did put into effect that uh, we are going to be able to halt testing for all Ohio students at this point in time. There's not going to be any state mandated testing that is going to happen. So if your student is on track to graduate, um, which is great, they will be granted their diploma. Now the downside to that is we do have a lot of seniors who are not on track to graduate, so we have to kind of figure out a different pathway or see if they're on their pathways for graduation that will um, suppress the test. So that's the next step, as well as they are trying to put into order a way to uh, use the grading system because a lot of schools going into the spread of the coronavirus when they close the schools down in the state of Ohio. 
We have just completed the third grade period. Some school districts even rushed the completion of the third grade period to jump into the fourth, so that at least three out of the four uh, grading periods were done, and if students pass the three out of four, they automatically earn credit. So looking at this legislation or this order that they had sent out that wasn't signed at the time, they also said that it will delay all licensure deadlines, that expiring licensure must be renewed within 90 days after the emergency period ends. So <clears throat> if the emergency, if, if the coronavirus spreads until, we'll say, the beginning of August, just being uh, out there, uh, and the teacher's licensure ended, we'll say, March or May 31st, that teacher has 90 days after August 1st to renew their licensure or they won't be able to teach that. So that's one of the positive things. So it's like the nurses, the nurses who are able to still practice right now, even though they don't have their license up to date, everything is being halted. Um, it freezes, this is the bill, House Bill 197, it freezes all its choice programs. So basically saying that if, you're, if your child is being educated elsewhere and the state of Ohio is paying for it, that money is being froze right now. Uh, and the other important thing for this well, Audrey, that's awesome because what we want to do is bring in um, information that our viewers and our listeners can um, take back. And that's so important being an educator. And now we have our children at home, and we have a lot of parents that's homeschooling. I know it's a challenge for them at home um, that's trying to get on the computer, probably never even looked at a computer, and now you're on the computer trying to teach a child. Or, or direct them or guide them on the getting their work done. Now, Andre, you tell me now, um, is this, I know they're, they are um, keeping track of this, so it's important that parents yes. make sure that their children is getting that work done because it's important for the state yes. to keep track that's of That's going to be the one thing that's going to justify the hours behind the school, the contact hours, and just the parents are keeping contact with the teachers as well as making sure that they're completing the work. And as a rule of thumb, I would just put it out there, if your child is completing work, take a picture of the work because sometimes when they do turn the work in, they might say that they don't get it. So as long as you have a picture of the work, you can email it to yourself and then forward it to the teacher. At least everything will be counted for, as well as the bill 190, House Bill 197 is going into uh, saying how we will continue the education if they cancel school for a whole year. Because if they cancel school for the rest of the school year, it's not that your child is not gonna learn, the continuous learning is going to happen. It's gonna be through virtual learning and, and through different avenues, but you're still gonna resp be responsible for holding your child accountable and helping them with their learning. Now is not the time where, you know, we sit back and think about everyone didn't go to school for education, but this is where the education ultimately starts at home. I know, and I know you parents out there, it's like, wait a minute, because my daughter, um, she has her six-year-old at home, and oh my God, um, and, and what, how she's treating it is if she is there in class, in school, so they get up at nine o'clock in the morning, um, she wash her face, brush her teeth, put on some clothes, and I mean, that is an all-day process to about two o'clock, my daughter's telling me. She spent a time with my granddaughter to about two. It is like, I, I, I commend you, and I know people say, stay at home moms, it's no big deal. Well, today, you, we are learning how important it is, um, that education is important, and the parents are learning as well. However, 
We have another guest here, and her name is, of course, she's my daughter, um, Brittany, and uh, Brittany Pruitt, and she's going to um, add a little bit more to our conversation. I hope that you find today that our topic is interesting to you. We also, down at the bottom, we ask that you subscribe. Please subscribe to my podcast. And each time we come, we want to bring important information, topics that's happening all over the world. And also, we ask that if you have a topic that you want to hear or even add more people onto it and hear different opinions about it, please, we ask that you uh, make your comments at the bottom. However, I'm going to ask my daughter, Brittany, to uh, come on and talk about um, the city of Cleveland. Because we have two um, individuals working for the city of Cleveland, and I know it's so important that there's things coming out that you're not going to understand or know what's going on. So, Brittany, Brittany's from Human Resources. Can you give um, a little information about the city of Cleveland and how they're handling the coronavirus? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Brittany Pruitt, and I'm going to give you the human resource perspective um, of the city of Cleveland, what we're doing right now. So, effective Tuesday, March 17th, uh, 2020, of course, all non-essential employees will work from home or self-quarantine if they are unable to work. These are temporary and short-term arrangements for a minimum of 30 days. Um, all employees will be paid as normal, um, and they can see their supervisors if they need any additional information. Um, we are uh, closing City Hall. They're only open for two days a week. Um, Public meetings and commission boards are uh, canceled. Um, there are many positions in the city requiring employees to be physically present in the workplace, such as our customer service representatives who have to get the, uh, customers calls to take uh, bills um, and whatever else they need to be done. Um, but those employees are expected to report to work and schedule unless otherwise notified. Um, and they also can see their supervisors for additional information. Um, and also, the city may require our employees to uh, return to office at any time during this uh, coronavirus. But um, hopefully, they will take into consideration the CDC and everything else that they're requiring us to do as far as um, social distancing. But um, that's that's what we're doing for our human resources in the city of Cleveland, and I'm giving it back to Felicia. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, thank you. And I know um, we would like to continue to keep you updated here on Felicia Davis' podcast, Felicia Davis' show. We want to keep it real and uncover all the real, real deal and the real talk in on this here podcast. Now, what I also um, want to bring my husband on, Robert Davis, and as I stated, he's he works on the Frank Jackson um, uh, for the mayor. He's appointed. Well, Frank Jackson, and we'd like to um, give, give some more uh, information from him as well. Thank you, wifey. <laughs> uh, as I indicated before, uh, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 pandemic is something uh, that uh, is unprecedented. Uh, this is something man, that we've never seen before. Um, as we uh, navigate through uncertainty, uh, we, we continue to navigate through uncertainty. We continue to see different things. So we're going to change operations day to day. We're on the fly. Uh, this thing changes. As you know, the governor put down the uh, stay-at-home order. Um, and so we want to make sure that we adhere to that. But most importantly, 
Um, you know, we're going to get out of this, and when we do come out of this, um, then what is the next step, right? What, what do we need to do? What do we need to make sure to, we need to do from the federal government standpoint? So I'm telling everybody that uh, I know that if this is related to the coronavirus, then at some point there's going to be a stimulus package. And that stimulus package is going to come down from the President of the United States down to the governors and then will be distributed to the states uh, and then uh, districts and then down to the local level. So at that point, uh, you want to make sure that, you know, you code things that is associated with this virus. And what we're doing is coding things as COVID-19. And if it's labeled that way, uh, then you can track the cost associated uh, with this pandemic or epidemic uh, that we have. So it's a, it's an issue where uh, the federal government is going to come in. We've already declared a civil emergency uh, with the city of Cleveland. And so we'll continue to, to pay close attention uh, to this. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's about keeping everyone safe. So I can't emphasize enough on social distancing as well as uh, mass gatherings, you know, no more than 50 people. Uh, and that's the, the, the tough thing right now. Everybody wants to get out, restaurants are closed. There's no more sporting events. Uh, you know, things that you do uh, as it relates to the quality of life, it's, it's, it's not there. Parks, recreations, it's probably the only thing you can do is get outdoors right now. And then when you get outdoors, you still want to keep your social distance uh, as well. So um, we're going to uh, stay tuned uh, with this. We're going to keep our eyes on it because it changes each and every day. Uh, so it's our job to make sure that uh, when new information becomes available, uh, we get it out to you uh, in, a, in a, as much of a real time uh, as we can. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over. But again, this is no joke. This is serious business. We the much on Um, that we should take the time to love our loved ones. Um, this is a time that just things just stop because I, you know, how I see it is before this happened. I mean, everybody running around trying to pay pay their bills, all of this and bills, and trying to live and survive and hold on. And now is an opportunity that we can sit down and regroup and spend time and just collect our thoughts on really what life is really about. And if we need to make some changes in our life, this is an opportunity to do it. Because I hear so many people are just just tired of um, just robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, the job that they work, they're just tired of doing working that job. I just say this is a great opportunity to um, just regroup. And um, there's another thing I know I wanted to talk about before I turn it over. Um, uh, far as a lot of people are trying to get unemployment, and uh, it's hard getting through. And um, I I know they put a phone number out. I think it crashed. Um, uh, 
they have uh, a website that you can go to. I think that crash, you know, um, I just suggest, now my, I don't know if it's going to work, but um, there is a web, uh, email on the um, employment, unemployment website, and I would email, I don't know if that'll work, but email your information to them, and hopefully they will be able to um, gather it and give you a call back because, I mean, people need their money. I mean, people are not working. I'm having a few people calling me now um, asking, can I help them out? And I'm, I'm, hey, I'm struggling too. But it, that just goes to show you how times are where people are not getting their paycheck. And they just don't even know. I know the government talking about the $1,200 stimulus or whatever, but when is that going to come? When you've got to pay your bills now. So um, I just say, you know, we just got to look to God. I don't know if any of you believe in God. There may be some people out there that don't just listen. And you know what? God is in control. He's the captain of our ship. And we just need to pray because if you look back in history, this has come, this has happened before. So um, just be safe and be mindful. Wash your hands. And don't cough on anybody. Come on now. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm going to pass it to uh, Brittany. She got a couple more things to add to um, the conversation. Okay. This is Brittany again. What she um, didn't mention was I am also Ohio State National Guard member of the Air Force. And I just wanted to say, you know, be, be cautious and be thankful for your National Guard members. We are volunteering our time to pass out food and other various things to man the, man the base. Um, they want us to, you know, step in various different positions that we are not, I would say, properly trained for, like being security forces and for one. Um, I'm a medical professional, and I just wanted to say, you know, be, be thankful for the National Guard. We are here for you. Just a minute. No, we're not coming in. Oh, and we are not coming with guns, and we're not taking over. We're not doing martial law or anything. You're just nature. there to be a volunteer to help. We are get the tents and in, in the hospital because they need beds and stuff yes. like that. And you got to think about how many how many uh, educators still are out in the the education force and passing out food. A lot of the the school systems in our area and just throughout the state of Ohio are providing free breakfasts and lunches to not only those students who go to that school district, there are students who have chosen Ed Choice vouchers uh, like my son himself, um, and we can still go to any of the Warren City food sites that Warren City School they're giving out the lunches because they have this supply of food that is in their warehouse and it has to be used and used or, you know, given away by a certain point in time before it goes bad. So take advantage, definitely. I would say even if you are a wealthy family, sometimes you don't feel like cooking. There are food sites that are available every every day or every other day or even once a week. They send kids home. I know in Youngstown we have uh, once a week distribute, distributing food and they send kids home with five meals. They send them home with five breakfasts, five lunches. And, and that is a huge thing because a lot of kids, they only come to school sometimes and they, they, they need the love and support of the school system. So um, I would say, you know, with what Brittany said with the National Guard and they're, they're there to help us because there's no food pantry that is coming to help us distribute. Like it's just literally administrators and the um, support specialists, which would be our, our cafeteria workers. They're they're manning the front line. They are the front line at this point. 
And so the National Guard is able to come in and help them and be a support so that they can have a little bit of relief. One of my um, former teachers who's my principal for Lincoln Elementary, my mom ran to get my nephew's homework and my mom said it looked like she just is so exhausted at this point. Um, because she has to be there every single day as a building teacher, building principal, to make sure that students are able to do their work and do their work and to make sure that the passing out of the food and everything is running smoothly. So appreciate your military personnel because they are coming in and they're not coming in to take over. They're as afraid as we are as civilians because they don't know what's going on. They're not hiding any information from us. They're not you know, here sent on special orders to, to come and lock everything down, but they're here to help us, and which is the ultimate goal, so that we can stay safe. Um, I don't have anything else. Thank you, Audrey. I just think that, you know, um, this is definitely a trying time. We should just um, also, I know we are a beautiful country, we beautiful people, and we should think about humility at this time, being kind to others, Treat people like you want to be treated. Um, just, just take the next extra step where you may think that once somebody says something, and in the, in the future you may have went off. Say, look, I ain't taking that. Well, people are really, really going through. Pay attention to your elderly people too. And they say that if the elderly has two things in their buddy, and they say they only can have one, and you don't have one, be, not, kind. be kind and let them get that on you. They, they'll give you the money for it. Or you just give it to them. I, and, I don't know. And Arby, that's just a good thing because I'm just wondering what's up with toilet paper. Because I mean, Sam's I, Club today had toilet paper and paper towels. Okay, Sam's Club was full. I just don't understand. So I usually, anyway, bulk up. I buy from Sam's Club anyway. But I'm thinking, oh my God, when I go to school, I better get one more because when I run out, I might need it, and then exactly. it's gonna be gone. Exactly. So I'm not really trying to be a hoarder or be selfish, but I'm so, yeah, so I'm a little leery that when it's time that I really need it, yeah. I'm gonna go and I don't have it. Yeah. So I just think we should just be mindful and um, yeah, now you're going to get one, so that's great. But uh, I just just want to just end our conversation today. If Mr. Davis have anything he wants to contribute, um, and then we will end our conversation today. I just want to also thank you for uh, tuning in. Also, subscribe. Please share with your friends. Um, and uh, Mr. Davis, you'd like to add anything? Uh, I would always like to end on a positive note. Uh, as I've indicated before, we will get through it, but we'll get through it together. And so when we talk about together, we're talking about a team. So what we mean is together, everyone accomplishes more. Keep that in mind as you move forward. Stay safe. Well, thank you so much, and um, we're going to end this. If they have any topics that they want us to cover, um, please let us know. Do, can they put comments? Like, share, put, subscribe. Yeah, just share, subscribe. Um, you know, if you have any topics that you want to talk about, um, I believe that if, if one always looks up at the sky, one will end up with wings. So I'm going to end that with that. As I said before, I believe if one always looks at the sky, and just believe and have hope because we are we we are surviving. And God bless you and have a wonderful day. And this concludes. Uh